Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Well, here we are gathered once again for another fantastic episode of Unrefined as we continue our journey into the spookiness, because of course it's spooky month. BJ is my name, and with me as always is Mitra. Mitra, how are you on this uh, fine spooky evening? I'm good. I'm sleepy. Okay. So it's been a, we've had a lot of rain last few days. I haven't had lots of good sleep. And because of all the rain, my kids' school was canceled today from flooded roads. So extra no fun. sleep. Kids at home. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how active I am. <laughs> I think that that means that this is going to be a really good episode of yeah. podcast. So yeah, but this is episode number 43 of Unrefined. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We are available there for you. If you want to see full video recordings of the podcast, you can also uh, support us over on Patreon. You can get to that link to that and all of our social uh, right in the description of this episode. And you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, uh, wherever you so choose. You know, I'm not going to force you to do any of them, but if you want to, that's (laughs) super cool of you. All right. Uh, So we have with us tonight uh, a special guest. We are joined by Hannah Bird. She's a paranormal investigator and she's got 10 years of paranormal investigation experience uh, under her belt. So it's pretty great to talk to her. She is from the great state of Washington, right? That's where you're coming from right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Hannah. And so I have to first ask you, what got you interested and at what age did you become interested in all this paranormal stuff? Yeah, for sure. So when I was a really young kid, this was at my, uh, the house that I first grew up in, in Kirkland, Washington, probably about like four, five, six years old. Um, I started seeing this, um, apparition of a woman in a blue shirt and like white, like beigeish off white pants in my house. And I don't know, I still to this day do not know the history of the house or the, you know, what happened in the families that were here before. Um, but I, you know, I would see her in my room like almost every night and she would just kind of stand in the corner by my, my old room used to have uh, a porch. So she would stand by the sliding glass door and just kind of like watch me. And I, to this day have never been able to find out like who that woman was. Were you creeped out by her? You know, as a kid, I don't think I really had enough of an understanding of what it could possibly mean to be able to grasp yeah. whether or not I should be afraid or I should not be afraid. I never felt outwardly like threatened or, you know, scared of her. Yeah. It was just more of like, I was, you know, curiosity killed the cat. I was a kid way too curious for my own good. I was like, hmm, yeah. sure. Cool. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i would just be terrified and pulling did my anyone else the in the house ever have experience seeing this woman 
No. And I actually only ever brought it up to my mom for like the first time ever, like less than, you know, a year ago. Oh, wow. Cause like, I was always like a really private kid. Like I never really like shared my imaginary friends and all that kind of stuff with my parents. Um, yeah. much less this woman who I was seeing in my room almost every night. Um, oh, boy. but yeah. And like, I'm on, and I'm, I'm still the only person in my family, um, or my adoptive family, I should say my biological family is a whole other story who, uh, <laughs> in the paranormal, okay. uh, my biological mom has basically disowned me since I started doing this full time, but that's fine. Oh, wow. Um, no, it's, it's fine. She's just, we had two diff- very different, um, not into it. <laughs> no, she's terrified of it. Okay. Um, okay. It's her, I didn't grow up in this house, but her how her old house in Las Vegas, um, stupid on it, like poltergeist wow. activity, stuff hitting the walls, like not good stuff. And it like terrified her. Oh. So hearing that her only daughter is now doing this stuff full time as well as collects Ouija boards, um, yeah. <laughs> did not thrill her to say the very least. Was um, that when she was a little girl, a house she grew up in? No, this was within the last 20 years. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, I, you know, last time I went home, I made her come to the Haunted Museum with me. She was not thrilled. (laughs) I could imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Man, kid, I must really love you or something because like, I cannot believe you're making me do this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. Um, So Um, that, so the woman that you saw, so that didn't scare you. You didn't have any sort of like negative experience with that or anything like that. And I feel like that's kind of, what most people say when these kind of things happen, you never really feel like threatened and you don't feel afraid. I feel like it's more like that unknown, like you don't know what it is. And I think that's the scary thing, but I don't know if it's like an intentional thing that the spirit or apparition is doing, you know? I, you know what? I think it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, later on as I got older and was like introduced to like the whole horror genre and like ghost stories and all of that, my experiences with the woman kind of like went back into the back of my brain and I became absolutely terrified of like everything Mm. and anything under the sun that could possibly be a ghost, mainly because of that book, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was scarred by that book too. Don't, don't worry. Everybody was. (laughs) Um, And so that's another reason my family's like, she's doing what now full time? Cause like I couldn't stand anything to do paranormal anything growing up it like terrified me to no end but like yeah I think like with kids especially who have experiences with the paranormal like kind of like me it's like they 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 just can't grasp it so it's like they don't know whether they're supposed to be afraid or intimidated or whatnot by it yeah yeah and I think it's most people like I feel like it's like regular people like you and me and Mitra and, and our friend Steve and stuff that kind of like dive into this kind of thing and it becomes like something that you're very interested in and you want to explore like what's happening and why it's happening because honestly like there isn't a whole lot of science behind it and everything it's it's just exploring and trying to find your own answers and you know there's a little bit here and there's a little bit there but i think it's you know it's just a natural human curiosity to wonder why are you seeing things why are things still here and what happened that they are still here, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. And I think like, that's one thing that's really important for investigators to remember, especially when they're trying to like, you know, present evidence to the public. Like 
we're a part of like a pseudoscience. There's no real science backing any of this. Like, yeah, there's yeah. science behind why these instruments do what they do, but like, right. that's it. There's no yeah. like peer reviewed scientific evidence out there that's going to say, yeah, like that could absolutely have been paranormal. Like there's just not. Yeah. And, but I think that's also kind of like what makes it just so much more fun. <laughs> Yes, true. Definitely. I would agree. I agree with you on that one. So um, you can follow Hannah. She's on TikTok and Instagram. Her handle is at such a spooky underscore B. Um, and uh, she posts some really good pictures and stuff. So you guys should go check her out. Um, I got to ask, like, so how many places in the time that you've started doing investigations, how many places have you been to like total like that you've that you've gotten to see? If you know that number offhand. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, when I was younger, I would, you know, basically just start by urban, urban exploring and like just finding like local abandoned buildings and stuff and just doing my own thing in there. Okay. Um, but like certifiably, like, you know, well-known locations, I've really only started doing the whole traveling thing and doing that full time since I met Steve. So within the last year, Okay. Um, but I'll like give you a ballpark, including urban exploration, probably upwards of like 30 Oh, wow. Wow. Um, not all of them are known. Some of them are literally just crumbling abandoned houses that I sat in there with my phone before I had any equipment and just ran my recording app. It's like, yo, <laughs> I think that that's a great way to go because I feel like there's probably, you know, there's the well-known places, there's the documented spots you can visit, you can pay to go on a tour and stay overnight and stuff like that. But there's like plenty of places around this country where there's probably some funky activity going on that nobody is looking into. So I think what urban was, exploration is really great. What yeah. was the first like location you went to that you got like solid evidence? Oh, you know, so I, this is one of my urban exploration. I was about, I want to say I, I had like just turned 15 and it was like me and a couple of friends. And we were like, we snuck out of our houses. Like parents didn't know where we were, which in hindsight, we could have gotten murdered. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. my, like serial yeah. killer capital of the world. Like never- yeah don't even want to touch that with a 10 foot pole bad yeah. idea but um it was out by uh the coast and there was this old house and it was like falling apart we had no business going in there we could have fallen through the floor at any point in time and we all would have died like it was great stuff um, <laughs> but we were up on the second floor and what we guessed was a bedroom because there was like bits and pieces of an old bed frame in there Mm -hmm. and it was me and two of my guy friends at the time. And we were sitting there just in the dark. We had our phones going. No one was like filming or anything. Cause you know, we only had one phone and we were all running our recording apps. Right. Yeah. And we were just sitting there in silence. And all of a sudden we just hear this, Hey, wow. Like sounded like downstairs. And we were all like, is there like somebody in the house? Like thinking like, Oh, shit police right like, right yeah. get pounded like we're done for so we figured like all right let's go face the light let's go downstairs like and there's no one there we were like ah uh, creepy okay so we checked up the whole house like one of my guy friends went and walked around the entire outside of the house absolutely nobody and that was literally the only thing we experienced that entire night was just that one like and it was super loud it wasn't like disembodied or anything it was like super pronounced super loud and super clear god and uh that was my friend's first paranormal experience also and i don't think he slept for about a week. 
Well, I mean, that, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy thing. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I have heard of. And voice you're like, let's go back you know? tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man, that's so funny. I, I think so. I mean, for me, like technically, I mean, I've only gone one time. I went uh, with Steve to a location that he was at. Um, and that was the only time that I went. And uh, I won't, I don't think I, I didn't really find anything. There were some little experiences here and there. There were some like, you know, like knocks and things like that, but nothing along those lines. So uh, it's quite an eye-opening thing. And I'll say this every time that we talk to somebody who does paranormal investigating to like the audience, like you need to do it. You need to try it out because it's not, it seems like, I feel like the, the adrenaline going into it makes it seem like it's going to be a scary experience, but it is not a scary experience when you're actually doing it. Um, and I don't know why, but it is, but it's not, it's not at all. It's like you are slightly, you know, I, I feel like it's your curiosity has your senses going. And I feel like adrenaline. Fear, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Your fear is just knocked out completely. Man. I am so glad you had that experience because <laughs> let me tell you the first time I ever investigated with Steve was at Waverly Hills. And I had the worst night in my entire time I've been investigating at that place. Like, wow. Wow. Terrifying. What, was it because of the activity that was going on? Yeah. Uh, so wow, okay. long story short, because that's not why I'm here. I got affected so badly by something in the lobby. I blacked out. I do not remember oh. half of what happened that night. I was doing things that I do not remember doing. And like Dylan and Steve were telling me about them the next day. Wow. And I ended up like outside sobbing because I didn't understand what was happening. Like, wow. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, I think Waverly Hills is probably going to be, ha have to be an episode we do all on its own. We'll probably have to have uh, all three of you guys on to talk about it. Cause I think that that is just like an incredibly like known place, but like the experiences that people have there are just out of this world. So that's definitely something we need to talk on, but we brought Hannah on uh, to talk about things that go on on the West coast. Cause we're not on the West coast and we thought it would be really cool to talk to somebody who's been to some of these locations that are out West and you live in Washington and you've been to two very, very spooky places that we're going to talk about tonight, um, in the, in Washington state. And the first one that I have, uh, down on my list to talk about is the St. Ignatius, uh, hospital. And that's in Colfax, Washington. Yeah. And that one, like I was reading about it, opened in 1893, and then it closed up operation as like a hospital in 1969 when the new one was built. But after that, it was just like a home for the developmentally disabled until 2003. So that's a wow. long time that this building has been in operation. And I don't think that I saw anything that like people had said that any like tragic deaths had actually been reported there. But there have certainly been a lot of deaths in that building, especially around 1918. Um, it was a hotspot for the Spanish flu. And they say that so many people actually died at St. Ignatius that the church, or church, I'm sorry, the state opened up an investigation into the hospital for negligence because they oh, were wow. concerned at the amount of elderly and children that had passed away. So like, I can't even imagine what's going on, but things that people have said that they've seen there are shadow figures that have chased people. Uh, there's two pretty well-known rooms. I'm going to, uh, I'll let Hannah talk about it. Um, but so what was your experience like going into St. Ignatius? 
Yeah. So St. Ignatius has been a location that I've been wanting to go to for years. And I went for the first time back in August and just first things first, go investigate there. Cause not only is it an amazing location, it was one of the best experience as I've had as an investigator working with the building themselves in terms of like, you know, on the customer service end, if you will. Okay. Um, but so like you said, yeah, it was finished in, you know, the eight, uh, early 1890s. It was run by the Sisters of Charity. So it was a hospital run by nuns. Um, and this place, got to understand, it is huge. It's 50,000 square feet, five floors. The original nun quarters is still there. There's still some equipment and like wheelchairs and a bunch of stuff lying around the hospital. Um, and That's just creepy to see when you're walking around, just equipment laying around. Steve was very excited about the wheelchair. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. He's a sick man. <laughs> you, you're not, you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot, one thing that's not often talked about, about St. Ignatius is that in 1911, the St. Ignatius nursing school opened up and their first graduating class apps actually included the first two male nurses in Washington state. And their names were Philip oh. Rome and Archie McClinic. And Philip Chrome, remember that name because we had a really interesting experience down in the basement. Okay. Um, but in terms of fatalities, back in 1893, F.E. Martin was the first fatality to die within the hospital after he was crushed by uh, two railroad cars. Oh, and oh wow. He, he's been a common you know, figure that people have communicated with. I did not personally have an experience with him and I only learned about him from the guides later on. Um, one spirit that I did have a lot of contact with, her name is Rose. And okay. Rose has her own room on one of the floors of St. Ignatius. And she was a schizophrenic patient who passed away in that room. Um, she'd been at St. Ignatius for a while and her medication stopped working. So they unfortunately had to move her to the violent patient ward. Um, but she had a habit of talking to her finger as if it were her friend and they had very lengthy conversations, but I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time alone in Rose's room and I got multiple EVPs with Rose addressing herself by name and she had a real passion for my paranormal music box. Like I'd just sit on the opposite end of the room and be like, you know, could you go make that music boss play that god awful sound for me? I really <laughs> want to hear it. And it would just go like on cue, wow. just go and go and go until I would say, All right, you can, you can stop. I feel like I'm about to pass out. Just <laughs> step away from it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So that room is a lot of investigators have similar experiences there. I would say it's probably one of the most consistent rooms in terms of what you get in terms of evidence there um and it's it's not a very big room there's not a lot of room for error especially if you're going to be using like motion sensor equipment um i don't recommend using motion sensor equipment in there i had to it took me about 20 minutes of trial and error before i figured out where oh, i could wow. place anything okay. without you know a wall or like tile it off um but yeah, so Rose's room is definitely one of the most active ones. And then the nuns' quarters is the other area, which is the fifth separate floor. You have to go up this really, really sketchy, tiny, awful staircase to get up there. 
Um, and I got the best EVP I've ever captured in my entire time investigating up there. Like I was literally running around the entire hospital, like trying to find everybody be like, listen to what I just got. Y'all, <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting, I'd gone dark. I was sitting in one of the rooms and I was like, Hey, can you tell me your name? Like standard questions, nothing audible to my ears. And then I played it back. And after I was like, can you tell me your name? right on cue, you hear this really deep masculine voice just go, no. Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Love that. Didn't think there were supposed to be any men up here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Um, yeah. What are you indeed? Yeah. Not even going to go down the road of like, are you demonic or anything? Cause like nothing yeah. up there to make me think it was anything but that. Um, okay. And then the other thing that I did, the other great experience I had was Steve and I decided we were going to do a cross-country Estes session because the same night I was at St. Ignatius, Steve was investigating at the homestead. Okay. So we got on Instagram live and if people don't know what an Estes session is, it's, com- it's a combination of sensory deprivation and paranormal investigating. So the person who's going under in the Estes session is blindfolded. They're listening to a spirit box with noise canceling headphones, and that removes the bias of sight and hearing. Okay. And I know Steve talked a little bit about it when he was on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one at uh, West Virginia Penitentiary. Still didn't tell me that that happened while I was under, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a little peek behind the curtain for people who have listened to that episode of Steve. Hannah is the one he referenced on that show, on the show that was the one that had the blindfold and everything yeah. on. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, don't ever go under sensory deprivation with Steve. He really just likes to leave you there. Um, <laughs> not, it's not shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, our friend Courtney was also with him at the homestead. So she and I both went under sensory deprivation on Instagram live. I'm going to call Steve out. I really hope he sees us. You still need to send me that footage, bro. I'm still waiting on it. Um, but so, you know, Courtney and I were across the country, thousands of miles apart. We cannot see, we cannot hear each other. And we were mimicking and like having full-blown conversations with each other. Wow. Instagram live. That's crazy. It is. So if anyone sees this, go hound Steve and tell him that I just <laughs> post it. That method Steve, is give her the footage. Yeah, let's do it, man. Come on. Uh, that method is crazy to me. Like, I, I just like, can't even imagine, like, it's just, that is like a, a foolproof way to get the evidence that you need and like, just have it be the real deal. You can't fake it. You, you, uh, you absolutely can't. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there and everything, but when it comes to that method, there's no faking it. How could you, how could you possibly do that? So I, I just, I think it's a great, a great tool when you're doing these investigations. Yeah. Like I'm, the skeptic in me really doesn't like the spirit box very much um, no. unless I'm doing it with an Estes session only because when you have so much bias, especially if you know the history about something, you're always going to be listening for stuff to come out of the spirit box. That's going to validate what you're thinking, what you've already known. And like, when you have that bias, your mind's going to hear whatever you want to hear. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, that's why I, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it either. Like that, unless, you know, you're using that method that you were talking about, because otherwise it's true because you get it in your head and you hear exactly what you think should be said from the noises that are coming from the spirit box. So 
Um, I, I feel like what you did as, as a young kid with the audio recorder is probably the best way to do it because you can hear like, that's like full blown audio that's recorded. You know, yeah. it's not fake. It's not something you're sitting there by yourself and you pick up another voice. Like that's creepy. Yeah. And like so many people don't understand, like you do not need to spend all this stupid amount of money on yes. like super fancy equipment. Like I'll go in with my $20 digital recorder that I got on Amazon and my phone to record video and I'm good. Yeah. yeah. That's all I want. That's all like, you need. Yeah. Like, in, cause I've gotten a lot of people asking me like through Instagram, it's like, so how do you even get started? Cause it's so expensive. And I'm like, well, it doesn't have to be. Right. You can just go in. I mean, you don't even need anything. You can just go in out of curiosity, ask questions and then see what's said. So, um, you know, all you have is your own body and your own gut instincts and feelings. Like those do not lie no matter what, like, yeah, your body can't right. be manipulated like electronics can. Uh, so that, that session that you were doing, were you doing that in Rose's room? Is that where you did that? So the Estes session that I did with Steve, we did that in the surgical operating suite. Okay. Um, I didn't do any Estes session. I didn't spend any time with any people really in Rose's room that I could do an Estes session with. Okay. Like I did, I have sat there before with just, you know, my own spirit box and just listened. Didn't really get much outside of my EVP recordings. Um, I did see, so the way that the rooms are situated is Rose's room is directly across from another room. So you just see into the other room. And I did see a black shadow just kind of go. Oh, <laughs> creepy. That was horrible. Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I don't uh, like the shadow figure thing. Like I, the voices I can deal with and the little noises that happen here and there, but the shadow figure thing, when you know, uh, there's nobody there, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some really stupid experiences with shadow figures. The worst was ever, the worst everyone ever was at Waverly Hills. I did not do great with the shadow figures at Waverly Hills, but that was the only shadow figure that I saw at St. Ignatius, like that I could absolutely say was not cast by anything else. Okay. Just so solid and very purposeful movement. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I didn't like that one bit. I'm just going <laughs> to. It was just peeking at you, looking yeah. at you. What's she doing over there? <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like necessarily threatened or anything, but I saw that and I was like, I'm done. Done. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, there are reports from, from San Ignatius though, of like these shadow figures and stuff, like, you know, being pretty aggressive and everything towards visitors who come in there. Did anybody you were with have any sort of experience like that with like these shadow figures, like chasing them out and they're like coming out, like screaming and crying because they're so terrified? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Luckily, no, I did scream and cry a little bit because I got hit in the face with a bat, but (laughs) I'm guessing that wasn't by a ghost, though. No, that bat just saw me and chose violence. Oh, Um, (laughs) gosh. God, bats, man. Come on. Yeah. Also, I didn't get to spend much time alone on this (laughs) investigation because I was the only one who was an actual paranormal investigator who had a lot of experience and who came in with a purpose. Okay. okay. So there were quite a few people who like latched onto me and like, ah, she knows what she's doing. And I'm like, no, I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) We've uh, said it before people. There's no science behind it. We're all just winging it. We just happen to have a little bit more experience sometimes. That's all. I just happen to not be scared by every little thing that goes bump in the night. And I have this cool looking equipment that you don't need with me, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and then like we went like down in the basement, um, the morgue itself is blocked off just because of the conditions of the building. Um, but <laughs> to be fair, the basement probably should be blocked off too. There's like broken glass and stuff everywhere. Watch your step. Don't sit down. But okay. um, we did, I recruited a couple other people to try the Estes session with me in the basement. And it was me and another girl, never done it before, had to walked her through everything. We went under, I wasn't getting much, you know, I got a few things. So I ended up coming out early and I was just like, eh, not much has happened for me. Um, and then pretty much as soon as I came out, this other girl just starts going, Philip, 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 like over and over and over again. She just kept repeating that name. And at this point, none of us really knew a bunch about the hospital. I had done like very minimal research going in, but I don't like to do a ton just so I don't have that bias of knowing a bunch of stuff about the hospital. Um, And she just kept saying, Philip, and then needs help. Philip, help us. Um, And she got a few things about like (laughs) devil and stuff like that, but it was fine. Uh, <laughs> that's what i want to hear devil yes <laughs> a dark basement with one random loner cowboy boot in the corner it was great yeah um, but philip we figured was probably philip crom one of the male nurses who graduated back in 1911 from the St. nursing school don't know for sure but you know going back later and then reviewing the evidence and remembering help us fill up over and over again like not gonna say like for certain that that was philip that came through or whatnot but it it does seem a little bit like too great of a coincidence for that to come through when nobody knew who yeah at that point right it's not exactly a common name either no there's not a lot of people walking around with the name philip especially like full-blown philip phil maybe but not philip do you Did think he die were... at the hospital? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Not that I know of, um, but my own theory is that it was maybe one of Philip's patients who did pass away at the hospital. Asking for him? Yeah, that's my own theory. Like, again, yeah. 
could be something completely different. I couldn't, I could maybe not even be in the same ballpark Yeah. But from what she was saying, the help me help us fill up is like, okay. So my guess is this was one of Philip's patients who maybe passed away in the hospital and she's yeah. a nurse to help her or okay. yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. It was like, it was pretty emotional for me because doing the research afterward and like getting that confirmation of being like, I remember like literally like shutting my computer or walking away and coming back and be like, I did not just read that. Right. Like, yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's one of the fun parts about doing these investigations is coming away with that evidence and then looking it up afterwards and like, you know, seeing, you know, what you've found and everything and, and putting the pieces together and realizing that, you know, for some reason, these people are, are reaching out and it would be nice if we could figure out why, and we could figure out like how we could help them, get whatever message they're trying to get across to whoever they're trying to get it to. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you're not like, I'm a pretty emotional person. I'm an empath. So like I feel spirits, emotions very strongly. And I learned more about that in the past year than I ever have in my, in too long of investigating, I should just retire at this point. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) it's like moments like that, where it's, it just, it hits you to the core and you're like, what can I do? Like, why? do you ever, like when you come across something like that, do you ever, uh, try to reason with them and be like, do you know you're dead? You know, like, I wonder sometimes if people, if it's just like a ghost recording of someone saying something, or if it's something intelligent and it doesn't understand what's going on, you know? Yeah. Like some sort of confusion or something like that. I never have. And the only reason is like if per chance, like they, they don't realize that they've passed on, like for whatever reason, if it was like an untimely death or a sudden death or violent death, or like for whatever reason, like, I don't want to create any more negative energy with this. Yeah. By being like, bro, you know, you're dead, right? Like (laughs) they are, you know, intelligent. I don't want to cause that, you know, VA hear yeah. it any more distress and they're probably already in. Yeah, that's true. Um, when you were there, did you have a chance? Uh, there's another famous room that's there. It's Michael's room. Did you have a chance to go to Michael's room while you were at St. Ignatius? Michael's room. That is the, he was a, a, a little boy who was in a wheelchair and people can still hear his wheelchair. According to the stories. Uh, if you go into that room, you can hear his wheelchair moving around. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that totally blew my mind. Listen, yeah. Rose was very talkative. Michael, not so much. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any experiences in that room personally. Okay. I spent a little bit of time in there. I took some photos, ran an EVP session. It was, it was dead quiet. Uh, that being said, do I believe people have had experiences there? Absolutely. Like the whole hospital, you can feel it's just so charged with energy. Like I believe every story about that place that I've ever read or been told. I just didn't personally have any experiences in that room. Um, I do think there's, I do think my own theory is there's a lot of residual energy. Okay. That hospital. Um, I feel like I have a very unpopular opinion when it comes to like hauntings and residual energy and that not all hauntings are caused by spirits of the dead, but like the energy that like, trauma patients leave behind or like leave behind in distress. Like I guarantee you there's some of my residual energy still floating around Waverly Hills from the night that I had. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, 
And I think that that's not something that a lot of investigators take into consideration is that you, like maybe some of this energy you're experiencing is from past investigators who have had you know, experiences and left that energy there. And that then that energy just builds on top of each other. Um, that's a vibe that I got from St. Ignatius quite a bit is okay. that the energy there is from past experiences, not necessarily just solely from spirits. Do I believe that there are spirits and ghosts there? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I believe. I mean, there's just too much. There's too many stories. There's been too much reported activity for uh, it to be dismissed at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think like, Absolutely. I mean, now they, I mean, obviously it was a hospital. There, a lot of people died at, at this hospital, like just because that's the nature of that type of building. That's just what happens. But um, given the energy you're talking about and uh, the shadow figures and stuff like that, do you think that like bad things happened at this hospital? Did you get the feeling of like, like negative feelings about bad things from the past? I did in the nuns quarters. Oh, but let's see. That's, I, that's very creepy. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about like me and religion. I have nothing against religion whatsoever. Like I, at one point was Christian myself, Yeah. but I just felt so threatened like wow. up in the nuns quarters. Granted, I have tattoos. I collect Ouija boards. I've done a lot of things in my life that are considered sinner, like sins, like absolutely. Okay. Like, you know, my ex-mother-in-law called me a devil worshiping skank, like a whole bunch of stuff. Like it just sounds nice. I'm sure, any, <laughs> I'm sure any ghost nuns would not be thrilled at my presence anyway. Yeah. But that was like the one place in the hospital that I felt 100% not safe. And that's well, where that you the heard the male voice. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. So what if, there, what if there's something else there? Like maybe it's like, it wasn't like necessarily the nun stuff that you're feeling. What if there's something else there like that you didn't get to dive into? So you're going to have to go back. You're going to oh. have to, you're, you're going to have to go back. We're going to go with you. <laughs> I want to know what, yeah. I don't know who is talking to you. I do too. And like, you know, I, I rarely dive into that religious side of things just because yeah. Don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole there's so much that you can't say without like running it through the church and whatnot right but like i thoroughly believe there could be something more up there than just ghost guns like like it's it just the feelings i got up there and what i experienced does not point to nuns in any way yeah, <laughs> yeah. right nuns yeah. are supposed to be you know not including Conjuring none. <laughs> we don't talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> All that is like good and holy. Yeah. That's yeah. Not what I felt one yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. I want to say like experience, like as I, I grew up Catholic and I experience that I had with nuns was like, they were all like, just like super nice. They were just like very like warm people that were there and they cared about you and stuff like that. And in a place where they are supposed to be living for you to get that vibe, like says to me, like there's something else there that is just like, not, that is just not that. And that is terrifying. Yeah. You know, I've been, I'm itching to go back. And uh, my friend Amanda Paulson and I have pretty, uh, she, she has her page pretty effing spooky. She okay. and I were 
slowly talking about going back there together um, next year. So crossing our fingers, we can make it happen. Um, yeah, like it's unreal. It's definitely one of the most activity I've gotten in, in the location that I've investigated at. Okay. And it's definitely the place that I feel the biggest pull to go back to. Wow, that's crazy. So have you ever brought like anything when you've gone to these places? Have you ever brought anything back with you? I mean, I know like- I haunt my own house at least once a week. Like it just okay. it's, comes with the territory. <laughs> like, I just yeah. moved. Like I okay. just moved like two weeks ago into this. Oh, wow. And there's already something here. I don't know where it's from. <laughs> <laughs> I think Probably that's just one of the things that comes with the territory, right? Yeah, it's just like, it's fine. Like I just want a good house, but no, not happening. Oh God. All right. <laughs> like, well, hopefully that gets sorted out for you. I don't think it's bad. I just like, I woke up the other day and I have, I bought the giant planchette from Spirit cut like a week ago and it lives on my mantle. Woke okay. up uh... somehow in my kitchen, didn't move oh. in. It's wow. Fine. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for my neighbors to find out they're already going to hate me. It's fine. Yeah. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you bringing like, these people back with you? I don't know. I swear to God, I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is so funny, man. Uh, so another place that I want to talk to you a little bit about, and this is crazy because like, I, I could not find. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anything on this place, except for that it is very haunted and no one knows why it's haunted or what happened there. So maybe you can shed a little bit of light on this, but <laughs> this is the Walker Ames house in Port Gamble, Washington. And it is straight up. I was showing, I was showing Mitra pictures of this house just yesterday and it's straight up haunted house. Like if they were just like one, like, right? if like, you if were going to just be like, draw me a picture of a haunted house. This is what it. it would look like. That's it. hundred <laughs> percent. Like that is the opening scene of a movie about a house with some sort of poltergeist or demonic possession going on. Yeah. Like that house looks like it. So um, what was it like when you went to, to this place and like, do you have any history on it? Cause like when I was looking it up, basically like all I could find that is that it's an abandoned house. And for some reason, it's got a whole lot of paranormal activity going on in it. Yeah, so <laughs> I had never heard of the Walker Ames house until an uh, Instagram friend of mine who also lives in the Pacific Northwest area reached out and she was like, hey, do you want to come investigate the Walker Ames house with me and a couple of others? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, it's free. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so essentially the Walker Ames house... Um, it was built in 1888, essentially. And William Walker, who was a master mechanic in Port Gamble at the time, lived there with his wife, Emma, his daughter, Maude, and their son, Edwin. And, you know, it was Port Gamble, Washington at the time was a mill town. So the house was set really close to the mill so that Walker, who was a general manager, the resident manager of the town from 1883 to 1914. And then again, until 1931, 
was set really close to the mill so he could just run over there if there was an emergency and help with anything. Um, as far as to why the house is haunted, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, investigation done by Pete, who is the town manager. He has his own show, Paranormal Pete Show. He's pretty awesome. And no one can really understand why this house is haunted. But there's been pretty consistent evidence captured, you know, multiple times, like in the attic. Um, the only thing I did know was that the attic is a hot spot for spirits of children. Okay. And when we went up there, um, this was the one time that my team and I had like shut off all of our camera equipment. We were going back to base to set up. We had set a row of dominoes up by because they have this little shrine of like jacks and you know children's paintings and little crayons and stuff and like a chair where you can sit and like play with the kid spirits up there it's pretty great okay um we had set up a row of dominoes we were sitting there being like hey do you like want to knock those over like and we had like tested we had like literally jumped like right next to the dominoes and like that did not create enough vibration to like knock them over or anything and we left and we came back to set up for a new experiment and the dominoes were perfectly knocked over. Oh, wow. And that was another location where the music box was just going and going and going <laughs> like, Sheesh. and like, I have a theory that kids spirits really like REM pods and paranormal music boxes. Cause a, they light up, they make noise and they can, you know, activate them, you know, at a whim okay yeah. up in the attic is where i got like the most on point rem pod response i've ever gotten it wasn't even dark yet we were doing an initial walkthrough of the house and i got like a pang in my gut and i was like i'm gonna put this right here <laughs> so i sat there and i was like can you make that light up we were just talking to it and started to light up and beep at me and i was like whoa like okay can you just step away from that and then <laughs> you shut off wow. stepped away and i was like I want to come back up here. <laughs> um, but yeah, my team and I, I say my team, we're slowly becoming an official team, hopefully. <laughs> um, we all came into this house with very different backgrounds. I was the only one who did like, you know, the version of paranormal investigating where you go in with like your equipment and everything. My friend Amanda is a psychic and a witch. My friend oh, cool. Max is also a witch. And then Jeremy and Garrett, our other two friends from Liminal Earth, are liminal cartographers. So we all kind of went in with different approaches to it and got so much evidence. Bex and I did a double Estes in the basement. And um, we both, we came to the conclusion that there is the ghost of an eight-year-old child named Steven in the basement. Um, and we both... She said, you know, she said Steve. And then right afterward, I came out with Steven. We both were reiterating like eight years old, little boy. And then we got some of the coolest photographic evidence in the basement that I've ever seen. And it, right above the radiator, uh, Jeremy and Garrett were like, hey, can you go stand over by the radiator so we can take a picture of you? And like, you can, you can just stand right there for us. And Bex and I started going like, pose ready here like okay. under our sessions and then you know jeremy and garrett you know snapping pictures and right above the radiator you have this like inexplicable you know radiator obviously does not work nothing in this house works yeah 
that this inexplicable white film filmy mist that only appears in one image. Wow. Sheesh, that's so funny. And this was at this was at night anyway. Yeah. You know, so I mean it's not like there's like a glare of sunlight or anything coming in. So no. that's that's pretty crazy. And also like I feel like back in the day you're using like cameras where you're developing film. I feel like seeing things like that was like a little bit more uh normal just because of the nature of it. But with digital cameras and everything, like that doesn't just happen, you know, like that's not something that you, you that just happens on a digital photo. So and there's yeah. no documented deaths at the house or anything? There's like barely any history about this house anywhere. Okay. Like it's, you know, you know what, there's the theory that Mr. Walker is one of the ghosts who, you know, still remains in the house. Yeah. Um, as you know, we have, you know, visual evidence of what he looks like in photos and it corresponds to the figure that some investigators have seen in the house. And we also think the daughter of another town resident is in the house because it corresponds to, you know, who a little girl who lived, you know, down the street, but would come over to play with the Walker and his children quite a bit. Um, but we don't, there's no like significant recorded like violence or deaths or like dark history surrounding the house like at all. So Maybe it's, it's some unsolved crime. Maybe somebody wow. was a serial killer killing children upstairs. Oh my attic. God, Mitra. What and it was incredible. never found. You need to look and see how many children went missing during I, a certain time period. <laughs> listen, the amount of serial killers and true crime that like ties back to Seattle is like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Pacific Northwest like forget it like I mean I literally like I was always like wanted to like, I'm still planning to move back to the east coast for like the paranormal hub that's over there but like uh, growing up I was like oh, there's nothing over here like this is awful <laughs> and, and, like, goes into true crime oh wow this is horrific I love it <laughs> 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 yeah no kidding man that house see that house is, is crazy to me because this is one of those things where, like you said, like, it's not like super well known, like you're going in there and checking things out. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, places like this kind of pop up on like the mainstream paranormal radar and you start seeing people going there in the same way that people are going to like Waverly Hills and stuff like that, like these known places. But it's kind of nice that you're kind of in there and trying to figure things out before, like, you know, the big known groups and things are going in there to try and figure it out. Absolutely. I like with the Walker Ann's house, like I really, really hope it does get to be a more well-known location um, just because it's a, it's just beautiful. Like it's a beautiful house, beautiful, like stained glass windows and like beautiful, beautiful architecture. But also it's like one of those like rare paranormal anomalies where there's no real history to that house, but you have so much consistent evidence from different investigators. Mm. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of have to take everything you get with a grain of salt, because like I said, there is no verifiable, you know, history to corroborate exactly what's happening in the house. And it's like that with every location, but even more so with Walker Ams, because so little is known about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Once people start kind of figuring out the history and figuring out what happened there. Um, I mean, Mitra, your theory is crazy and i mean if it's, it's spot a solid on, like, theory come on yeah i mean <laughs> it is it is given the evidence it's very solid just a theory 
Oh God. It's just like, that would be so terrible to find out that something like that did happen. What if bodies were like buried around there? Children's bodies. I mean, I guess anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Gamble is already stupid haunted itself. I really don't want to find out that it's murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Like the church there is haunted by the spirit of a priest who would basically snort chemicals to get in the mood for his uh, sermons at one point. Like, Wow. The part two. Like, if you ever find a photo of him, you'll be like, oh, yeah, he totally did that. That's totally believable. But it's wow. like, I really don't want to find out that there are murder children. Yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to find that out either. So, no. <laughs> um, well, that's crazy. Um, man, I, I just like I, every time that we talk to somebody, it just makes me want to get out there and use paranormal investigating myself. I, I need to get, I need to do more of it. I need to, I just need to do it. I'm just going to go sit in a cemetery. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> there's one right up the road for me. I'm sure there's something going on there. There has to be. Well, you just freak yourself out either way. I know. I know. It's just the nature of me. I'm just going to get scared and it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll be like all gung ho. I'll get there. I'll park the car and I'll be like, why can't I get nope. out? I can't get out of the car. I'm by myself. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> So, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, but anyway, th- we have been joined by Hannah Bird. Uh, she is a 10-year vet of paranormal investigations. We've been talking to her about haunted locations in Washington state that she's done investigations in. And if you want to see some photos and things of that, that she has taken, you got to go follow her over on Instagram at such a spooky underscore B uh, same handle over on TikTok as well. Um, and you should go give her some follows and some likes and everything like that, because she's got some really good information and she's probably going to be famous soon uh, investigating all this stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> we've yeah. just we've just given you that to you. We've given you that energy. So now it's going to happen. Yeah. I just yeah. want to Steve and then it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. Tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, awesome. You're very welcome. Uh, you guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts. Like I said, uh, make sure that you are uh, following us on our social media. All of the links that you need for that, they are in our description of this episode. So just follow the links there and you'll get to those. Um, and uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, feel free. Link for that is there as well. And you'll be able to see the video of this podcast and you'll be able to check us out and see our reactions to uh you know predicting child serial killer murders and stuff like that (laughs) so that's how it goes uh but until next time uh we will catch you on the next episode of unrefined with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.